with so many things going on in our world, um, all the challenges and seeming difficulties, um, we see all these things going on and natural disasters and the coronavirus and a lot of the, the other things going on in our world today, a lot of, seems like a lot of uncertainty and a lot of um, uh, tumultuous, tumultuous times that we're in. And a lot of, some people have, a lot of us have suffered loss. Some people have suffered uh, great difficulty and hardship during this time. Um, and it, it seems like it would be difficult to give thanks at this time. Many people say, well, I can't give thanks because this happened or this happened or this happened. But in reality, the scriptures here give us great reason to give thanks. If we look at Psalm 100, as we're going to go to today, um, it's going to give us answers to the questions of why we should give thanks, give, why should we give thanks, and the reasons we should give thanks unto God. Um, it's so, so, so and we need to learn and understand that as we'll, and we're, we're going to see that today as we look at Psalm 100. Um, as we go into our um, season of uh, Thanksgiving, it, Thanksgiving is this coming week and uh, the Lord put it on our heart, my heart to be able to speak um, about Thanksgiving and what that means. And, uh, I think it's really important because we think that we know what Thanksgiving is, um, but I believe that every time we talk about the subject, I believe God wants to speak to us in a fresh and new way. So uh, this morning, uh, the Lord directed me to um, share on um, Psalm 100. Uh, this is a, maybe a familiar song of Thanksgiving to many. Um, so let's go and uh, read along with me, uh, if you will, uh, verses 1 through 5. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. And his faithfulness to all generations. And may God add the blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. We're going to be looking at three specific points. First, worship. Secondly, know who God is. And then enter with thanksgiving. Okay, our first point is first worship. We're going to look at verses 1 and 2. Shout joyfully to the Lord. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful singing. At the very heart of thanksgiving, at the root, is praise and adoration unto God. That's at the very heart and the root. If you look back in the Hebrew um, for this word, at the heart of it is worship. 
And so we see here that Thanksgiving is not just an act we do, like, like you say a, a prayer at the beginning of our meal. Thank you, Jesus, for our food. Amen. It's more than that. It's an act of, as we're going to come, we come into God's presence. It's, a, it's an act of actual worship unto God. Not just something that we say, not just a duty, but an act of adoration unto Him who is worthy of it. So how does it start here? It says, shout joyfully to the Lord. Shout joyfully to the Lord. So how do we come before God with thanksgiving? We come, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Oh, God, you're such a good God. Thank you for everything you've done. You're such a blessing, God. We say, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. I praise your name. Hallelujah for all that you have done. For the many blessings that you give. Shout to the Lord joyfully. Not just with a, oh, thank you, Jesus. But, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. This psalm was used as a procession psalm. In other words, when they would go into the temple, when they would enter into the temple, into the place of worship, they would use this psalm as they would sing this psalm, because this, that's what this is, this is an actual hymn. They would sing this psalm as they went into, what, worship unto God, as they entered into the temple. So what was their attitude coming into worship? It was, this, it was an attitude of, of praise and worship, it was an attitude of thanksgiving, coming into the worship of our God. So, here they are, as they're, they're singing this song, and they're singing this unto the Lord, and they're doing it with exuberance, with elation, with joy, with the praise on their lips. Was everything great in Israel? in the Old Testament? Was everything in their culture, was everything bright, was everything peachy, was everything going perfectly all the time? Absolutely not. Life isn't like that sometimes. It's not, because there's challenges that come in life, aren't there? We know that, we experience that. If you've lived life, you know that there's challenges and there's things that happen in life that are very hard sometimes can be very hard. But in the midst of it, as we come into the house of God, as we come into a place of coming into worship of Him, coming into His presence, what, how do we come in? We come in joyfully, shout joyfully, even in spite of everything else that's going on. Uh, with thanksgiving, God, thank you. Even in spite of everything else that's going on. Because that sends a message to whom? 
that sends a message to those in the world around us that we're not going to allow the circumstances of our world and our situations to affect who we are as God's people. Yeah, yes, we're human. Yes, we have frailties. But yes, we serve a mighty God, don't we? And we can, and we can have an attitude of joy. We can have an attitude of thanksgiving before God as we come before Him, as we enter into His presence. It's a wonderful thing. And you know what that does for your health? What that does for your mental well-being? When you have an, an attitude of, of, of joy, when you have an attitude of peace, when you have an attitude of, of thanksgiving unto God, what a wonderful thing it does for you mentally, for emotionally, and physically for your health. If you're always downcast and downtrodden, and, oh, then it, it, it takes its toll on you mentally, emotionally, and physically. But when you're when you have an attitude of joy, and you're shouting for joy in your heart to the Lord, with an attitude of thanksgiving, it makes such a big difference in us as individuals. It makes us more positive. It makes us, uh, it makes us nicer to be around. And it brings us, as we're going to see, it can bring us closer in our relationship to the Lord. Well, let's go on here. And it says... Shout joyfully to the Lord, who? All the earth. Is it just God's people? No, it's everyone. All the earth. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. So this is a command for, for God, from God, to His people, singing adoration joyfully to Him. All creation will worship God. And it says, if you don't worship God, Jesus says, the rocks will cry out and worship the God. If you look in the New Testament. So, it is our duty, and it's the, it's, it's, it's not, it's the duty of God's people, and all of His creation, and all of His people, to worship and give thanks unto God. In adoration, um, the trees of the hills clap their hands, right? The flowers, if you look in, 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 if you look in, in the New Testament where it talks about um, where the fields um, and the flowers, all they talk about, um, they, um, they're here today and they show the beauty of God and they show the beauty of an adoration and worship unto Him. All creation shows forth their worship and their thanksgiving unto God. So we see here that God is, speaks through His people, and so it's a command not only for us, but for all the earth. How should we serve God? In verse 2. How should we serve Him in our everyday lives, in our everyday speech, in our everyday um, attitude? Serve the Lord with what? Gladness. Gladness. Be not being a sourpuss, but being glad. Having that good, again, that good attitude. Serve the Lord with gladness, with thanksgiving. God, thank you. God, I'm glad. God, I'm, th I'm thankful for what you've done. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for who you are. I'm glad, God. 
And that does something, again, for your, for your mental well-being, for your health, for your spiritual well-being, for your emotional well-being, for your physical well-being. It brings life to your body. If you're always negative and depressed and, and sad, what does that do for you? It tears you down, doesn't it? But when you have an attitude of, of joy, and when you have an attitude of, um, of singing joyfully to the Lord, what happens? It brings excitement to you. I'll give you an example. I, one of the things that helps me is I like listening to contemporary uh, Christian music and worship. And it helps me... It, it helps me to get in that frame of mind and that mindset of focusing on the Lord and joyfully singing unto the Lord and, 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 and focusing on Him and, and, and changing my attitude. It changes my heart. It changes my attitude because it puts me in a place of worship to God where I'm focusing on Him and it helps me and changes my attitude. And that's part of what we need to do as well, is filling our minds and our hearts with Scripture, filling our minds and our hearts with those things that can bring us into a place of worship, like listening to uh, music or singing hymns, or any of those things can really help. And so what does the Scripture say? It says, let us sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs together. Let us sing psalms, ministering to one another. And psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. In other words, when you speak to others, you speak life, you speak positively, you speak joyfully. Psalms and hymns encouraging and building up one another. With thanksgiving. We should give thanks. All the earth should give thanks. And we should worship Him with joyful hearts before Him. And that's a positive, that's the way we should come before Him, with our hearts in joy, in spite of everything else that's going on around us. Okay, our second point. Know who God is. Verse 3. Know that the Lord Himself is God. This idea to know is not just a textbook knowledge. In other words, you read it because of the Bible told you so. Yeah, that's important. But you read it. You know, know, you know because why? Because you've experienced it. There's a thing of, of knowing um, a knowledge from what you've studied and what you know. But there's also uh, a knowing that comes from experience. In other words, you know something because you've experienced it. Because you've dealt, dealt it. You've worked it. You had a relationship with it. You worked through it. What's one of the things that they look for um, when hiring somebody? They want to make sure that they, they have the knowledge, but also, even more so, they want to know someone that has had experience with it. Don't they? Because that makes you, that makes you, you, you know what it's about. You, your knowledge comes from an experiential knowledge. Well, this kind of knowledge is the same kind of knowledge that you're talking about here. It's that experiential knowledge of who? 
of hell. Not just a Bible knowledge, because the demons know the Bible better than most Christians. But they twist the Bible. But they don't know the Bible based on a, a relational experience with who? They don't. But we have, we as God's people know, we know him. Why? Because we know, because the Bible tells us so, but also we know because we've had an experience with him. We know that he is what, as the scripture says here, why should we um, give thanks to him? Why should we worship him? Know that he is what? He is God. Not just based on, because the Bible tells me so. Yes, that's important. That's primary. But also, know because of your relationship with Him. Know because you know, you know, that you know that He is who He is because you talk to Him. And you walk with Him. And He walks with you every day, at every moment. You hear His voice. You hear His heart. You know, you know what's going on. My son was sharing with me an experience the other day. I'm not going to get into the details of it. But where he didn't know how to explain it for an 11-year-old, um, how to explain it, but God told him, uh, long and short of it was, is that he, he, God told him not to do something, and, and in the midst of it, God protected him from something that could have harmed him in a very... Uh, great deal. And God just said, wait, he just, someone just told him just to stay right there. And not do anything. And, that, and I told him, Caleb, that was the voice of God. Telling you. How does that come? That came because God told, God, he, he said, all of a sudden something just told him just to stop. And that was the voice of God telling him, not to do something to protect him. And that comes from an experiential relationship. He didn't understand it because of, it, because of his, his being young in his faith and being a, a young as a person. But the reality is, is that God spoke to him. God speaks to us. And that comes as a relationship with us. It comes as a relationship with us. That God speaks to us every, every day. And as we, He speaks to us, we know Him. Because why? Because we have a relationship with Him. And knowing that He is God. So what's, what, so what's so important about knowing that He's God? Why should we give thanks and, and know that God is God? Because if He's God and you know you're God... He's going to do what? He's going to... You know that He is God. He's in control of all things. He's in uh, charge of all things. He's a great protector. He's a provider. He's a, he's a great healer. He's the great... He's the King and Lord over all. And so many other things about who that is. And so that you know that you know that you know based on your, your knowledge from, your, from the Word, and based on your knowledge of your experience and your relationship with Him, you know that He's God, and you know that nothing can change that. 
If you know that God is God, and He doesn't change, then you can face anything, can't you? God, thank you. I don't understand this. Thank you. I can give you thanks, even though everything else around me is falling apart. Even though everything else is under, everything is going on, I can still worship you. I can still give you thanks because you are God. I know that you're God. And I know that you got this in control. And I know that you're going to take care of this. And I know you got the situation right here. I know that, and I thank you for that, God, because um, you are in control. You are God. You are God. Not these circumstances, not these situations, not what's going on around me, not what I see, but you. You are God and you are in control, and I trust you and I thank you for that. That's what we need to know in our heart, and we need to be convinced of that. And sometimes what the enemy does is that the enemy tries to tell us that God's not in control, that the circumstances are going to overwhelm you, that they're going to take you, just like Peter when Jesus told him to come out in the water and the waves looked big and he started sinking because he took his eyes off of who? He took his eyes off of Jesus. But what did Jesus do? Jesus grabbed his hand and pulled him back up. That's what Jesus does, doesn't he? That's why we can give him thanks. That's why we can worship him. Even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of the trouble, even in the midst of the difficulty, because He's God, and we need to know that deep down where? In our hearts. And this is so important as well. Knowing that He's God, but also knowing that what? It is He who has made us. What does Psalm 139 say, verses 13 and 14? I will praise you, why? Because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it right well. Who made us? God did. Does God make junk? Absolutely not. Look at the flowers. Look at the intricacies of all the animal kingdom. Look at the intricacies of the universe. Look at the intricacies of all the things that he has made. Does God make junk? Absolutely not. Man makes junk. Man makes corrupt things. God doesn't. So if He made us, He made us perfectly the way He wanted us to be. He, had, he made me with He made me with black hair and hazel eyes. Exactly the way He wanted me to be. He made us, each of us, exactly the way He wants us to be. Even sometimes with our seemingly uh, idiosyncrasies or uh, things that we don't like about ourselves, God made us the way He wanted us to be. And He doesn't make junk. And we need to be convinced of that in our hearts. He doesn't. And if you doubt and you think that, uh, that we're imperfect, then God, why did you make me this way? God doesn't. He made it, made it. We don't always understand why God makes us the way we are, but know that he, what he does, he does it well. I'm fearfully, remember Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. I will praise you. Why? Because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. We are, each one of us. And not we ourselves. We didn't make ourselves, did we? We can try and change ourselves, we can try and augment ourselves, we can get surgeries done and all kinds of stuff, but it's not going to change the fact that uh, we are who we are because 
because God made us who we are. We can try and change our, some good folks can try and change their gender, try and change their, but it's not going to change the fact that who we are in God's eyes. God made us who we are. And he didn't make any junk. We didn't make ourselves God. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Whose people are we? Not only did he make us, but he also did what? He redeemed us, didn't he? Thank you, Lord. He redeemed us, what? With his precious blood. You were bought with a price, therefore honor God with your body. What was it bought with a precious price of his blood? Read Psalm, read Isaiah 53. It tells you how much the Lord suffered for us so that we could be bought by him. So we are his people. We are his sheep. John chapter 10 talks about that. The great shepherd. The sheep here is. And the shepherd speaks and the sheep hear his voice and they know his voice. They're not going to listen to another voice, will they? Because why? Because sheep listen to the shepherd's voice. And who's, who's, who's our shepherd? Who's the great shepherd? Jesus. The great pastor? That's what shepherd comes from. It comes from pastor. Uh, being pastor. He shepherds the people. He shepherds his people. In other words, he cares for them. And he protects them. And he guides them. And he makes sure that they're taken care of. That's why we should give God thanks. Right? Because he's our shepherd. And he's going to take us in. He's going to let us out. He's going to take us back in. He's going to let us out. He's going to take us back in. He's going to protect us from the wolves. Because wolves love us little sheep, don't they? They're like lamb chop or something. They like the great shepherd, as we stay close to him, protects us. Right? Sometimes we'll wander, but what does he do? He goes out, there's the 99 of us, and then and then one of us who's that will go out and will wander. But what does he go out and do? He goes out and does what? If you look at the New Testament, you know the story. He goes out and he looks for the one that is straying and brings them back in. And that's what he does with us, doesn't he? Yes, he does. That's, enough. That's giving thanks to him. Because he created us uh, fearfully and wonderfully. And also, that we are his people. We are his people. We're his, a great possession. He bought with a, a great price. And that he is our shepherd who leads us and guides us and protects us and cares for us in and out. All through life's difficulties, all through life's trials, all through... Things that go on in our world, in our circumstances, in our situation. He's there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you. And lastly, our, our last point is enter with thanksgiving. So, enter his gates with thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. Normally, who has gates? Who has a court? Kings do. So you're coming into his presence, into the kingdom 
of who? Of our God. Enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving. Thanking him. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that I, you have made me and I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. God, thank you that you are um, my shepherd, that you guide me and you lead me and you direct me and you protect me and you provide for me and care for me every day, every moment, every even in the midst of the circumstances. God, so I don't really feel like doing it right now, but God, I thank you that you are doing this for me in my heart. You give me the grace to thank you. You give me the grace to worship you. You give me all that I need. You provided for me before. God, thank you. God, thank you. God, help me not to listen to the voice of the liar, the, the enemy, but help me listen to your voice, the voice of my shepherd, my king. So you come into your presence, God, with thanksgiving. I'm entering into your, your um, you're opening up your gates and coming into your presence, my king. I'm coming into your presence with, I'm coming into your gates with thanksgiving and into your court with praise. I'm worshiping you. I'm coming into the court where of the king with thanksgiving and worship and praise. Why do you think that we uh, begin our worship services? With, uh, our, with worship. For this very reason. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. What? And his courts with praise. How do you begin something? You begin and you worship. It's just not a tradition. Some of us look at it that way. It's not a tradition. Singing to him is not a tradition. Singing worship song is not a tradition. It's based on scripture. But that's how we should come before God. That's how we should come into His presence. Exuberance, joyfully, thankfully, worshiping Him for what He has done. He, we are, He's made us. He leads us as a shepherd. He's our King. And we joyfully sing unto Him because He's worthy of it, isn't He? he gave, Jesus gave His very life for us. We are his possession. He bought us with a price. And that price was great. That price was his blood. That price was his life. And that's, if that's not reason enough, then I'm sorry. It's, then we, we have to really do some soul searching. If that's not enough. We have no reason to complain about anything. Because we're God's and we're his people. And we can't doubt that he's not going to provide for us. Because he will, he always has, and he always will, hasn't he? What does the scripture say? I will never leave you, what? Nor forsake you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. We're his. We're his people. He's got us. He's going to take care of us. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I worship you. I praise you, God, because I am yours. You're my shepherd. You guide me and lead me and still work. You restore my soul. Right? You're my king. God, you allow me the privilege of coming before your presence. 
come before the King, the Creator, and Sustainer of all the universe. His kingdom will never end. It will go on and on and on. And we have the opportunity as His people to be able to go and give thanksgiving and be able to worship Him. Give thanks to Him and bless His name. Why? For the Lord is dead. The Lord can't be trusted. I'm just throwing this out there. Some people think that. For the Lord is what? Good. G-O-O-D. He just doesn't do good. He is good. And his character and who he is as a person. He is not bad. And some of us stop thinking about God as bad. Our Father is good. We look at sometimes at God based on our relationship with our earthly father. Because that's the only reference point that we have of a father figure. In our lives as our earthly father or, uh, or someone that was our protector or someone that was our guardian. And so we sometimes portray that image of our father upon God. And some of our father figures or the, our, our guardians were not maybe so uh, notable or uh, such kind folks. But you can't look at God that way. Because God is not like anything like our earthly father or guardian or protector. God is good. And good in the sense of every perfectly good, every, in every perfect way, God is good. God can do no wrong. So his attitude is good, his character is good. All that he does and says is good. And we need to trust him with that. And we need to get, thank you God for you are good. And I believe that from the depth of my soul. Because things are happening, doesn't mean that you're not good. You are good. And we have to know that and be convinced that. Because if, we're, if we don't know that and we're not convinced of that, the enemy will come along and tell you a lie and say, No, God, God's not really good. God didn't. God, you see that happening to you right now? You see what your situation is? How could God be good in the midst of all that? How could God be good in the midst of all that? I've had a lot of difficulty in my life. As a kid, as an adult, a lot of difficulty, a lot of challenges, a lot of things that were really, really, really hard I didn't really understand. I still don't, to a certain degree. But that doesn't mean, and what God's taught me is, is that God was saying that that doesn't mean that I'm not good. In the midst of all that. Everything that we're experiencing now, everything I'm experiencing now, doesn't mean that God is not good. He is good. Folks, He is good. He is good. He is good. And don't, don't believe the eyes of the enemy. Don't believe it. Because it's a crock of baloney. And if we do, we're going to fall prey to him. And question him. That's what Adam and Eve did in the garden. Did God really say? 
In other words, doubting God's goodness, doubting that God would provide, doubting that God would deny them uh, the best. That's what he was really doing. Did God say you can't have this fruit? Did God say, didn't he say that you'd be wise and you could have uh, knowledge of things? And knowing good and evil? Don't you want that? God, isn't God denying you that? So basically what he was saying was, well, God is not good. So why would God deny you those things? He plants those doubts in your mind and in your heart to think that. Whereas we have to, knowing that God is God, knowing that we have a relationship with him, knowing of what he has done and who he is in our lives, and knowing that if he's good, he's, whatever happens, it's, it's for my good. What does the scripture say? It says all things work, in Romans 8.28, all things work together for good for those who love God and those who are called but according to his purpose. Romans 8.28. So even if it looks difficult, God's working in what, for what? Our good, isn't he? Because he is good. And he'll never stop being good. And we need to give thanks to him for he is what? He is good. What else is he? Love and kindness. His loving kindness is everlasting. Lo love and kindness, what is it? it's short for his love. His love that is kind. And how long is that going to last? Is that going to last for a minute? Is that going to last after um, um, beyond the honeymoon? How long is his love is kind love going to last? How long? For a minute? For a second? For a minute? For an hour? For a day? For a week? For a month? A year? A decade? A century? A millennium? Forever. Ever. Ever. And ever. And ever. And we need to remember that and say, God, thank you. God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you that your love never ends. God loves us. And that's not going to end and nothing's going to change that. Because why we're his people? We're children of the king. We're the shepherd's kids. And we need to trust that. Know that he's good, that his love will not end. Because it's a part of who he is. God is love. And in him there is no darkness. Read John chapter, 1 John chapter 5. 1 John, the book of 1 John. God is love. God is love. It doesn't change. And His love is kind to us as well. And His faithfulness to how many generations? To one generation? Two generations? Three generations, four generations, five generations, six generations, five How many generations? All generations. It's faithfulness. He, his faithfulness won't change. He'll do what he says he's going to do. His yes is yes. He says he's going to do something. His word says his promises are what? Yea and what? 
Amen. Aren't they? That's, that's in the Bible. So, is God going to go back in His Word? Will God ever go back in His Word? Will God forever remain faithful? Yes, He will. To how many generations? To my generation? Or the next generation? Or to all generations? As the Scripture says here, to all generations. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You're for, you provided for me when I was little. I'm talking about me. You provided for me and my family when we were little, even in our struggles. You provided for me when I was a young adult, even when I didn't understand. You provided for me as an adult when I still didn't understand certain things. And you've done the same for each one. He's always been faithful. He's been right there. He's been right there. He's been right there. From the the breast, from the, I, I knew you while you were yet in your mother's womb. Psalm 139. I knit you together. He was faithful then. He was faithful before even we were given up all. And will continue to be faithful in subsequent generations to generations to generations. Those who were before us and those who come after us. And nothing can change that. Nothing the eye, not the enemy, not the lies of our world, not the lies in our circumstances that go on all around us. God forever remains faithful and nothing can ever change it. And we need to learn to thank Him for that. We need to be reminded of Him. Of all that he has done. All the things that he has given. God, thank you. God, thank you. Thank you, thank you. We have so much, folks, even with stuff going on in our world. We have so much to give the worship God for, to give him thanks for. Folks, for who he is and what he's done. And who we are. God, thank you. Allow God to develop in you a heart of thanksgiving heart of worship allow him to do only what he can do allow him to just give you uh, to change your heart and your attitude from this moment forward saying God I'm not going to be a Debbie Downer or a Danny Downer but I'm going to be someone who is positive that um, that Someone who trusts you, who believes you, that doesn't listen to the eyes of the enemy. And God, I'm going to thank you. I know what you do. I know who you are. And I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to thank you. In spite of what's going on. When times are difficult and when times are good. I'm going to thank you. And I'm going to worship you. make that decision. You watch the healing that God does in your hearts. Because what happens is, is when you do that, God does healing in you. He does the healing. But we have to make that decision. It's up to us to make that decision. We want healing. God wants to bring the healing. 
But it comes as we worship Him. It comes as we make the decision to worship Him and to thank Him. And you see what happens. You see what happens to the mental health that God brings to you. The emotional health that God brings to you. The physical health that God brings to you. When you do that. It's exciting to think about. And you watch how it affects others around you. And the difference that it makes. And they're going to ask, well, what's different about you? And that will give you an opportunity to, what, to do what? To share what God is doing in you. Amen. Let's just take some time God, I don't know you this morning. But God, I want to know you. God, I don't, I don't know you in my life. God, I want to know you in my life. I want to have you in my life. Please forgive me of my sin, God, and show me mercy. Forgive me of those sins, oh God, that go deep down, oh God. Uh, for all the things I've done and I've said and I've thought, God, uh, the attitudes I've held, oh God, please forgive me and show me mercy. Please come into my life and take control of my life to be my Lord and my Savior. I believe you, God. I believe you. And I thank you, God. Thank you, God, for showing me mercy even right now. And allow me to be called your son, your daughter. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, uh, I, I, do, I do know you, God, but I want to know you deeper, God. I thank you for all that you've done. I thank you that you are my shepherd, my king, that you created me, that you sustained me, you provide for my needs. God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Forgive me for not uh, giving you thanks more often, God, for worshiping you more often, God. But help me, O oh God, to uh, come and just continue just to worship you and to give you thanks in all the things in my life. Help me, O oh God, to, to be able to just give you thanks in all circumstances in my life, God. Help me to reflect you in my attitude of exuberance and joy in my heart and my life. Thank you, Father. You, you truly are good and you've been faithful. I love you and I worship you, Father. Thank you, Father, for all that you've done. Let's close out in prayer. With the Lord's prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, and we also forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, both now and forever. Amen. And Father, I pray you dismiss your people now with your peace, with your joy, with your very presence. God, thank you for all that you do. It's a wonderful, 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 gracious God. We love you and we worship you. In Jesus' precious, holy name.